Are we able to celebrate victory over life's struggles? You know, there's a lot of pain in this world, but there is hope. Hope in a God who loves and cares about every detail in our lives. Box of Butterflies is a new book by Roma Downey, discovering the unexpected blessings all around us. Roma joins us now. We're going to talk about this book. Roma, welcome to Bot Radio Network. Byron, thank you so much for having me on the show. You've dedicated this book to your daughter, Riley. Yes, my sweet girl. You said that she's in college? Yes, she's in her senior year in college, Byron. I don't know where the time went. Honestly, I feel like it was just yesterday I was holding her as a little baby in my arms. But she's a senior at college, and um, she's just a a lovely girl. She opened uh, the book. They sent me first copy. It had like a little red label on it. It said first copy, and the book was sent to me, and I gave it to her. She didn't know I was dedicating the book to her. And when she opened the page and saw the dedication and saw her name, she just started to cry. And I think she was very touched. But the the mother-daughter theme runs throughout the book um and um it's you know my own mother had had died when i was just a little girl and i was only 10 years of age and so i i I was a woman looking for a mother my whole life well we're going to talk about that relationship too as we move into our time together the book uh, consists of seven chapters and you help walk the reader through Areas of strength, kindness, courage, love, stillness, gratitude, home. You know, these are all just very special values that we need to hold to, you know. And so I I really like the way you laid that out. Thank you. And I laid it out that way, too, because I I wanted it to be a book that people could pick up and dip in and out of, Byron. You know, it it is a book that's written with a narrative, and, and it's easy read. You could sit down with a cup of tea uh, and curl up in a big chair, and you could you could get through this book with ease. But I also wanted it to be a book that if there was a particular issue challenging you or someone you loved, that it's a book you could give to them, and you could say, why don't you go to the chapter on gratitude and open it up to remind yourself to count your blessings and to help you, you know, to to really kind of focus on what you've got in your life and to remind yourself that comparison is the thief of joy and that what you have is special and unique and that, you know, that God gave you these gifts and this is what you have and to remember to say thank you to him. And so I, de- I designed it in that way, and they, the, the chapters were laid out specifically that way for that reason. Della Reese opens Box of Butterflies with some very touching comments about how she feels about you. Do you recall the first time you met Della and what your friendship has meant to you over the years with her? Oh, gosh, yes, I do remember the first time I met Della Reese. Um, uh, we were shooting Touched by an Angel. It was that first day of filming everybody was a bit nervous anyway and i was told that miss della reese had arrived in the set and she was on the in the hair and makeup wagon and i went over there to pay my respect and um and i knocked on the door and i went in and i i remember going hello miss reese Uh, my name is roma downey and i put my hand out to shake her hand (laughs) politely and she laughed. She laughed that easy laugh of hers. <laughs> and she said, baby, I don't shake hands. 
I'm a hugger. <laughs> she said, come here. And she just wrapped me in her arms. She just invited me into her heart, into her life. And I can tell you, Byron, there is no safer place to have been in the world than in the arms of Della Reed. Oh, my. I loved that woman. I mean, I love her still, but, you know, as you know, we unfortunately lost her at the end of last year. She made her transition, but she was ready to go home to the Lord. But she was an incredible woman, a great, great friend to me, a mother to me. Wasn't it special that she was able to put into your book like this? I mean, she says the relationship between the angels, Tess and Monica, which you both portrayed and touched by an angel, was much like the one the two of you have developed. She says authentic, caring, loving, protective, and true. I mean, Roma, these type friendships don't just happen. They're not easy to come by. No, I know that, Byron, and I feel certain that God did that. You know, God brought us together because... My mom had died when I was just a little girl. And when we were shooting Touched by an Angel together, Della's only daughter, Dumpsy, passed. And not long after, Della took me on a walk and she said to me, you know, baby, God is so amazing. Because I always knew that he brought me into your life because you needed a mother. I just didn't realize that he was bringing you into my life and I was going to need a baby girl. She said, will you be my baby? I said, yes. She said, then I am your mama. And she was my mother. It was like she loving me and loving her. It was just the greatest gift to both of us. And we loved playing those angels. Can I tell you? We loved it. We were both women of faith. So to be able to appear on network television, remember at, at its height, Touched by an Angel was the number one show on CBS with an audience of over 20 million people. 20 million people tuned in every week to hear the message that there is a God, that he loves us, and that he wants to be part of our lives. And my family, Roma, was, and my wife and three sons were part of that group that was watching that show each week, too. Right at the end of the week, and you knew you could trust that show for content. You knew that it would always deliver a message that would probably move your heart in some way and just remind you of the goodness of God. Well, Roma, you've already mentioned it was 10 years old when your mother passed. But you say in your book that God helped carry your family through this difficult yes. time. I mean, if it hadn't been for our faith, my father was a, was a man with a great faith, a very solid man, good and kind. And, you know, and he, you know, prayer became an important, very important for us to help us we struggled we were a young family with no mom she dropped dead unexpectedly and it was like the lights had been turned out or all the color removed and i remember dad took us up to the cemetery not long after she had passed and i brought a little bunch of pansies that was her favorite flower because she said they looked like little butterflies and i put the bunch of flowers on her grave and a real butterfly flew up from behind the tombstone. And my father said, that little butterfly there is a reminder of your mother's spirit. And butterflies became significant to me, Byron, ever since. You talk about how it reminds you of God's peace and presence. Yes, and they've continued to show up throughout my life. Butterfly has shown up repeatedly, not just in gardens, but on the side of a billboard or on a truck driving by, but always at the time where I've 
said a prayer or if I felt lonely in somewhere, I felt I was dealing with some issue in my life. And I pray, I pray when I'm walking, I pray when I'm drinking my coffee, and suddenly a little butterfly will show up in some way, and I just know it's the fingerprint of God in my life. Well, your husband Mark surprised you with a gift box on Valentine's Day one time. You want to tell us about that box and what happened when you opened it up? This would put the pressure on all the men out there to, to raise their bar for their romantic gifts, Byron. My husband gave me a white box with a flower on top, and and I did what most people would do when they get a box. You know, it's like you want to shake it a little bit to see what's inside it. And he's like, no, don't shake it. He <laughs> said, let's bring it outside and open it very gently. I did. I took the lid off in the garden, and out fluttered these beautiful, real butterflies. And um, it just moved my heart so that he was incredibly thoughtful. It was such a meaningful gift because he knew the significance that butterflies had for me. And at the time I was working on my book and I thought, box of butterflies, box of butterflies. Should that would be a great title for the book, box of butterflies, discovering the unexpected blessings all around us. And it's my experience when we have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to feel that those blessings are everywhere. Just need sometimes to be quiet so that we can see them, feel them, or hear them. You know, Roma, after coming to New York to follow your dream on Broadway, you were picked for a miniseries to play Jackie Kennedy that eventually won an Emmy. This really must have given you great confidence as a young actress. It did. I mean, I had I couldn't imagine as a Irish actress that I would even be considered for the role, to be honest. And it was a great break for me. I was uh, living and working in New York City at the time. I was in the New York theater. I had classically trained as a stage actress. And I um, was flown to Los Angeles and uh, began filming this amazing miniseries called A Woman Named Jackie. And I played Jackie Kennedy from 16 to 60. Um, what a life she had. What a talk about grace under fire. She really came through her struggles, didn't she? But, you know, here we are. Like, this is why I also love the symbol of the butterfly, Byron. Because the butterfly, I wonder, does it remember when it was a caterpillar? You know, when it was crawling on the ground. Does it know that it has to go through the struggle in the cocoon? But when it does, the struggle will strengthen its wings and that it will be able to fly. Jackie Kennedy came through, you know, struggles in her life and had to witness the murder of her own husband in front of her and uh, and still step up and perform publicly afterward, um, which was incredibly courageous, I think. Um, but it was a big break for me. It brought me from New York to L.A. and and sort of got me in, you know, gave me some confidence. And I think confidence is a very critical part of being a performer. Totally agree with that. And I like the way, too, Roma, in your book, you relate to nature as you reflect and get still before God. You mentioned about the scale of the ocean serves as a reminder of the magnificence of God and the smallest of the things you may be worrying about. What sort of things does Roma Downey typically worry about? Yeah, 
had the good fortune to live near the ocean. And I really do my, my best thinking by the ocean. And, um, and I love to go down in the mornings and pray by the ocean. And I imagine my worries, if I cast them out, hand them over to God. First of all, just hand them over. And the ocean is like a massage of your brain and of your spirit. You know, I have three children. Tell me a mother that doesn't worry about her kids. Uh-huh, right. Yes. You know, I, I live in the business of show. It's a deadline-driven business, so there's always something. It can be quite stressful if you allow it to be. But, you know, I have learned, if I've learned anything over the years, Byron, it's, it's to try to keep everything in its proper perspective and to reframe when needed and to stay in gratitude, you know, because comparison is the thief of joy. It will take your happiness. Oh, it's so true. And so to fully be in gratitude to count your blessings, and to give thanks to God. So I'm not always down there praying for something. I'm often down there praying and thanking Him for something. Boy, that's a good perspective. You write, Roma, about a time when kids went out into the streets to play where you lived in a tiny roll house in Ireland. Do you feel that we've moved away from times like this? And if so, what do you attribute that to? You know, I see it, and I see it in myself and my own family as valuable and wonderful as all our mobile devices are for communicating and for finding out information and for, you know, for reaching out to people and telling people we love them. I think that we're in danger of becoming people who don't talk to each other, who don't play with each other, who don't communicate in person with each other. And it would be a shame if we lost those skills, you know, Um, because these devices our mobile phones and our laptops should be there to support our relationships, not to replace them. Yeah, so interesting how we let those become addictive habits, you know, of ours. I mean, I'm as bad as the next guy, you know, and I do love social media. I love being able to keep in touch with people and to reach out to people, and it's a great way, particularly for friends that you don't see on a regular basis, that you can share your photographs, or on a busy day, like I'm traveling right now and my husband is back in Los Angeles, and to wake up this morning and he sent me a little heart, you know, and I mean, that's amazing, I know, that means wherever he was on his busy day, he was loving me and he took the time to send that to me, and that's very special. So, you know, there are valuable moments, but um, we can't forget the showing up and actually being there uh, in person for each other. Well, you mentioned that your father was always trying to give you wings so that you could go anywhere you wanted. What are some ways, Roma, that you have tried giving your children wings to fly? Yes, well, really encouraging them in what they love to do. You know, I think that a child starts to reveal early on what their real passions are. And I don't think it does the child or your relationship with the child any favors if you're really going to try and insist that they become a doctor when clearly they're much more interested in the arts or whatever. You know, it's like trying to find the things that set them on fire, passionate about that they love, and then to try to help them find opportunities to express those passions. Thinking about an example, my youngest son, from the time, I don't know, for so long, he was always saying, Dad, take me to Hollywood. I want to know how to make movies, be a movie producer. And so 
I know nothing about this area. So I remember one day I'm doing an interview here in Memphis with an eye doctor who's in the process of making his first faith-based film called The Grace Card, starring Lou Gossett Jr., we got to talking, and I said, well, can my son maybe come observe your movie set and maybe volunteer? He said, well, sure. Well, that put him on a journey for the next 30 days, six days a week, 16 hours a day. Oh, for you know how the movie sets are. And then from there, he got to go to Birmingham and work on another movie with Michael W. Smith's son. Um, and God brought this all together. And then now we attend a church that is very media savvy, and he is the media production person on staff producing videos and movies for our church. So it's just incredible. But finding ways that you can pray and support your children and find ways, even though I don't know anything about making Hollywood movies, but God allowed people to come into our lives that could get him pointed into the direction where he wanted him to go. Oh, well, isn't that wonderful? You know, and it is. There's like, you don't know where opportunity might present itself. In my experience, it often is. You meet a person who knows a person. And all the time, we just keep praying that in, you know. And God does place the right people in our lives at the right moments that we need them. I spoke a few months ago with Keith Getty, also from Ireland. I'm sure you know Keith and Kristen. We talked about a time of growing up in Ireland, about the tension, the war, and he described how his father handled that time with his family. Of course, you grew up in this tension and violence. Well, it, was, it was a terrible time to grow up. And yet, in spite of all of that, we managed somehow. We became, as children, we became little experts to tell where if the, if a gun battle broke out and we could hear the bullets in the night, we all knew if it was close or far away, you know, and bullets can echo around the city. You must have been terrified. It was terrifying, but it also just became part of the landscape of our childhood. These things were real, you know. I mean, I grew up, my formative years, there were the... 1970s, and the troubles were really at their height at that time. The city that I grew up in was the site of many an explosion. An awful lot of people were murdered very violently. It was a terrible time for our community. And yet, in spite of all that, we managed, I guess, if anything, it's through everybody closer together. You know, the adults were very protective of all the kids, and we are a, a culture of song and story. We're a culture of poetry, you know, we would gather, and we were so grateful to God for keeping us safe. One occasion, your Aunt Ruby helped protect you during some gunfire that a bullet nearly missed your head. It did. I was wearing a a red cape that had a fake fur on the trim. I'll never forget, we were up visiting my mother's grave with my mother's sister, Auntie Ruby, and a fierce gun battle broke out, and... um, You know, we ducked down behind some uh, gravestones. Their bullets were pinging around us, and uh, and we could we heard a a, a, you know a a very loud crack near us, and um, uh, we smelt the 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 singeing of something, and it was the the fur of the trim of the hood. Oh my! And a a bullet had come that close. uh, but it wasn't my day. Thank God. That wasn't my day to go home. I'm, uh, you know, Della, uh, when I told her that story, Della used to say, baby, there were angels looking after you that day. Yes. And uh, and I'd say that's, that's for sure. Well, you say that this experience in your life has caused you to be an advocate for peace. How can Bridges Roma be built between people that are so divided? 
when we look at the, the state of our country, and we need to be, we need to be bridge builders. I mean, we can only start with our own lives. You know, I can't start by trying to fix anybody else or assume that anybody else needs fixing. All I can do is take care of my own behavior. How am I with people? Am I kind? You know, I think it just begins with kindness. A quote that I love and I, I use in the book is from the great Maya Angelou, who says, people won't remember what you did, and they won't remember what you said, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And I think if we lead by our kindness, you know, we used to sing a song when we were children, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Yes. And so, you know, it, it just begins there in the graciousness of every day, how we talk to each other, how we communicate, how we are in the world, how we lead in the world, in the kinds of lives we, we live, and do we love well, and are we living demonstrations of our faith, you know? And so I try to do that. Some days more successfully <laughs> you know? Yes. Every day I start again. Yes. Try again. Well, you know, Memphis is home of the blues, and B.B. King once lived in this town. You have a special story of B.B. King playing a little blues to your tummy. B.B. King was a guest star in Touched by an Angel, and we happened to be filming together a scene in a jazz club. And, uh, of course, B.B. was on guitar. I think we had Al Jarreau on the stage, Dr. John, maybe. Della, of course, was singing. I was not singing, much to the relief of everybody. And uh, it was the day that I was about to announce to my Touch by an Angel crew that I was expecting a baby. And um, I was looking for a moment. I was on the stage of this jazz club. And, um, and Della knew, of course. And I whispered to Bibi. I said, I'm about to tell my cast and crew that I'm pregnant. He said, oh, let me give you a few bars of introduction. <laughs> and, uh, and he played the guitar for me and my daughter, who was uh, already beginning her life inside me. And it was just a beautiful moment. And actually, B.B. King's na- real name, I believe, was Riley. And my daughter, I've named my daughter Riley. Um, but yeah, B.B. King, <laughs> and what a talent he was. Oh, my. Uh, what's it like working on projects with your husband, Mark? I mean, do you divide the work between the two of you in order to conquer and complete yeah, the task? Divide and conquer, yeah. Byron, is a good strategy. You know, and also Mark and I bring very different talents, you know, and gifts and skill sets and personalities. And so we do different things and we do them differently. And I always joke, if you need to get through a door, you know, and you need that door kicked down, there's no better man than my (laughs) husband. He doesn't take no for an answer. But sometimes that's not the style that's needed for whatever it is we're doing. Sometimes a gentle tap on the door will open it, and um, that usually would be my job. We have loved the experience of working together. Of course, we don't always agree on everything. I have girlfriends who continually joke with me. Roma, how could you work with your husband? I can't even work in the yard. <laughs> we end up uh, falling out. I go, yeah, you know, we, we, we joke the real miracle is we're still speaking to each other. But um, it's been great. You know, we both love God, and we both have been committed to creating content that glorifies him. And we were able to do that together uh, with the Bible series and, A.D. The Bible Continues with Ben-Hur, 
which was the story of forgiveness, uh, with Lightworkers, which is our production company. Lightworkers.com is a site for beautiful, inspirational content, short form. You should have your son check it out if he's making short form content for your church. That's what we do in our digital space. And our latest project together is that we are releasing a podcast. I listened to the trailer before I got you online here, and it is incredible. Yeah, the 13th of March. It is the Bible Son of God podcast. It will uh, be released um, over the course of a few weeks leading up to Easter, Byron. Seven parts. It begins with the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist, and it goes through to the resurrection of Jesus, and it's a beautiful, beautiful podcast. And I know I love to listen to podcasts in the car. I do too. uh, This is another way to bring the story of the gospel alive for people in their morning commutes or, you know, at home or at their desk, wherever people are listening to podcasts. It's available on iTunes. It's called The Bible Son of God Podcast, and it uh, comes out on March 13th. It is so wonderful. Speaking of podcasts, the show we're doing today will air on the Bot Radio Network. It'll also be on my iTunes podcast, too, so folks can go back and listen to it. Roma, you say that we all share one thing in common, and that's our Father in Heaven loves each of us equally and fearlessly. He is forging a beautiful butterfly out of whatever cocoon you may be enduring. Yes, I know. And for a lot of people, there's a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of struggle. Um, I understand that. I would sit down to write in the mornings, and I kept uh, seeing someone who was really hurting, particularly over the loss of someone. I think I have real understanding of that, because there's not a day goes by that I don't miss my mom, I don't miss my dad, and now, this year, that I don't miss my Della. So I really understand the pain of losing someone. But I also understand the promise and hope through Jesus that we will all be together again. And I wrote this book that it might be a comfort to people who have lost, and that it might be an encouragement to anybody out there who's hurting. And I pray, that's my prayer for the book, Byron, that it will find those people, and um, and that in some way it will bring a little bit of hope into their hearts. The book is Box of Butterflies, Discovering the Unexpected Blessings All Around Us by Roma Downey. It's now available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Roma, God bless you, my dear sister. Thank you for what you're doing for Christ's kingdom to encourage through the thorns of life, but the blessings that are all around us, too, we can thank God for. Thank you for sharing your heart through your book today. Thank you so much, Byron. Let's go enjoy our time. Well, as we close, I would like to say this. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. It's an Irish blessing, and I saw that in your book, and I just want... You know, it's the <laughs> final prayer in my book. I know. I'm an old sentimentalist at heart, Byron. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. On Bot Radio Network, thanks for listening. I'm Byron Tyler. Bye-bye.